But now we're changing kind of from the, where we've been to a new topic today, a new series, a, very, a mini-series. It's going to last about three or four weeks called Acclimate. And I just want to encourage you for just a moment. You may be here today because you've come, your family, and you want to come see these dancers uh, dance through your family. Maybe you're from another home church. Maybe you've been coming here for just recently. Maybe you just happened to stumble in here today, or you've been coming for a few weeks, or you've been coming for years. Um, but I want, I, want you to, I want you to hear me say something here today, that you have a purpose. You have a plan. God has a plan in your life. And you may be saying, hey, I'm here at Church on the Hill. What now? God, what's my next move? Here I am at church. What do I do next? Where do I go from here? God's word in 1 Peter chapter 1 says this. It says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, we just acknowledge that you are here. Lord, I could just feel you so strongly in worship. I could so feel you in that dance. And I acknowledge your presence. And we as a church body acknowledge your presence. For your word says where two or more are gathered, you are here. But Lord, we are here to say, here's our heart. I just want to encourage you as I'm praying, if you have never received Christ, but you feel a tugging or you feel something, that is the Lord calling you today. He is calling you home. Lord, we acknowledge your call. We acknowledge your presence. And we just give you the right to move in our hearts today, to speak truth to our minds, to our souls, to our spirit. Speak to us, Lord. Holy Spirit, you have the right to move. You are welcome in this place. And we just are ready to change. Don't let us leave here the same. Let us leave here changed. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. Did you catch the song that we sang, uh, This Is What You Do? Doing something new doing something new. God is doing something new in you into a new birth, into a living hope. Church, let me just tell you, there is hope for you. There is hope here. There is hope here at Church on the Hill. Why? Because Jesus is here. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory. So I have hope, you have hope, whether you know it or not, whether you feel it or not, there is hope here. If this isn't your home church, I want you to know if you say, serve the same God that we save, that died on the cross for your sins, shed his blood for your sins to be washed clean, the healer, the restorer, the redeemer, the uh, omega and the alpha, the beginning and the end, if you serve that God in your church, there is hope. Are you awake? Yes. Say, I have, I have hope. You have hope, and you have hope here. Why? Because God is here. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19 says, here it is again, for I'm about to do something new. God has some way of putting things together when we have no idea. I want you to know that the Center Dance Studio planned this months ago. If you know Pastor Zach at all, you know that this was planned months ago, this worship list. He's a planner, a lot like me. My message was planned 
not months ago, but close. <laughs> I'm usually way ahead, but you know, this staff of mine seems to change gears pretty quickly and I kind of have to catch up, which is very odd for me because normally it's just the opposite. They're kind of wagging behind me uh, trying to go in the weird directions that I go in. But God is here. I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the wasteland. You are here at COTH, Church on the Hill, it's an acronym, COTH, for a reason. You didn't just stumble in here. It's not just happenstance. It's not a coincidence that you are here. God knew you were going to be here before you were born. Hello? God already knew it. You may think, ah, oh, nah, I just happened to stumble in here today. You don't know. No, God knew. I didn't know. I didn't know you were going to be here. I knew some of you were. But I didn't know. But God knew. And he's about to do something new. You're here for a reason. You are here for a purpose. God's about to do something new in you. Age doesn't matter. Position doesn't matter. You were created by God, for God, for a reason. And he's about to do something new in you. Maybe, just like this scripture says, you feel like you're in the wilderness. Maybe you literally may be. You know, the children of Israel at one time was in the wilderness. It wasn't a made-up thing. They were there. Maybe you're in a dry land. Maybe you're in a dry spot in your life. That's okay. There's hope for you. God has something new for you. That's more exciting than you're taking. There we go, Rebecca. God's got something new, a new beginning for you, a place of hope, a place of purpose. Again, like I said earlier, this may be your first time. Great. We're so glad you're here. You know what's funny is you're the most important person here. Did you know that? Jesus would have died just for you. Just for you. Those of you that have been coming a few weeks that you're starting to kind of feel at home, you're the most important people here. Did you know that? You are that valuable. Those of you that have been coming for years, you're the most important people here. You too, Brandon. <laughs> if you don't fit anywhere in that, I don't know how you don't. But if you don't, you're the most important person here. God loves you. And you know what? We love you. And we're going to learn to love you. How many of you know you've had to learn to love me? It's a work in progress. Some of, you are, some of you are there, some of you aren't. It's okay, we're getting there. That's life, isn't it? Today, I hope to give you the 411, the information about the heartbeat of this church. And this may be your first time, you may be visiting from another church. This will apply to you, I promise. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Well, I want you to know that Church on the Hill, we are a church with vision. We are a church with purpose. And it is my and our desire to convey that vision to you so that you can get on board with it, so that you can embrace it, so that you can pursue it, so that you can follow it. Now, I want to encourage you, if this is not your home church, you need to get home and find out what the vision is for that church so that you can get on board with it, so that you can support it, so that you can serve in it and help them accomplish what it is that that church is called to do. 
You have a job to do. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And here we are with this new uh, topic today called acclimate. And I kind of knew what acclimate means. I, you know, I could, if my kids asked, I could pretty much hit it. But as I looked this up, I thought, man, what a new, what an awesome word for today. Being cu- become accustomed to a new climate or to new conditions. God is doing something new. If you've been coming here for the last year or two, you've seen changes happen. Something new is happening. God is doing something new in your home church if you're here visiting today. Because he says so. And if you'll go looking, you'll find it. You know what he's doing new? It's not a new program. It's in you. It's not the program. Programs have been done, been there, done that. Forever. There's nothing new. Word says there's nothing new under the sun. It's been done one way or the other. What's being done new is in you. God's got something new from you. Changing from walking with the world and walking with Jesus differently in a different climate and different conditions. Church, the vision of Church on the Hill is to provide a place for you to connect to Jesus. To provide a place for you to connect with Jesus. A place of acceptance for the sinner. That the lost, that the unchurched, that the, that the bottom of the barrel would be accepted. Man, I have been the bottom of the barrel. And this is to be a place of acceptance. A place of restoration for the broken. A, pa- a place of rehabilitation and healing. To sum it up, a place for the lost and hurting to find hope. There is hope here. Hope for something better. Hope for a better marriage. Hope for your kids. Hope for your health. Hope for your future. But... That's not all. Have you ever watched those infomercials? But that's not all. You get more. Once you get hope, once you begin to walk with godly hope, walking with Jesus, walking with one another, loving each other, helping each other, serving each other, once you've received hope, to find your purpose. You may not realize it, but you have a purpose. And I believe one key element to overcoming depression is purpose. If you have a reason to get up, if you have a reason to go somewhere, if you have a drive and a passion to do something, depression is going to be left in the, in the past. You have a purpose. And you have a purpose here in the church. You have a purpose in God. You have a godly, heavenly purpose. You have a purpose with God, in God, and for God. Say, I have purpose. purpose. You have purpose. But you know what? The church's evangelistic efforts have been directed in the past toward getting people into a building so that they can be cleaned up and reformed from their sinful lifestyle. Right? In the past, you try to get them in here and get them cleaned up, right? Um, But the problem with that, those methods of cleanup, 
is the processes and the stuff they use are these old tools of, re of religion using fear and control and punishment. And let me tell you, that is not Jesus. That's not Jesus. Just go study and learn who Jesus is. You will see a difference. But once people get saved, they found out that despite what they've heard about the cross... The church is still freaked out about their sin. Something's got to change. It's so hard to love sinners the way Jesus did when you're still so afraid of your own sin. That's why so many churches fail to make a significant impact in their city. Now, this happens all the time, and this person's going to hopefully laugh when I say this. But whenever I run into people from my high school, I'm like, oh, no. I'm not that same person anymore. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I'm not. Now, I'm still a work in progress. Amen. But that stuff from, from my high school is behind the cross. It's been paid for. Done, forgiven, restored, redeemed, over. It does not define me. It may with you a little bit just because we've broken connection, but if we reconnect, you'll hopefully see a new birth, a new person. Not perfect, still so far from perfect, but new, different, different. We can't be afraid of our own sin. We've got to allow the Lord to wash that clean and be done. Move on. The church has got to get in touch, deeply in touch, with what the gospel actually means when it comes to relating to God and to men. Jesus invited people into a connection with him, not a religious reform program. He showed up in the midst of our brokenness with compassion and healing, shocking everybody about how fearless he was, connecting and loving on sinners. That was Jesus. You didn't catch him hanging with the religious crowd. You caught him hanging with the sinners. What about that? This is Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't create a distance between sinners and himself. He, he created a connection. But this shouldn't surprise us because his entire mission on earth was to finally remove sin. The source of relational disconnect. He removed once and for all at the cross. On the cross, Jesus solved the sin problem. And it doesn't matter who hasn't prayed the prayer. Sin has been dealt with once and for all. For all, all have access to the Father. Do you hear me? The sinner has access to the Father because of the sacrifice that Jesus made. It's not just for you. This is, where the, this is what the church has to embrace. And because they haven't made that connection yet, that's just a job for us. 
It's not a job for us to point out their sin. It's a job for us to get them connected to Jesus. Jesus will show them their sin at some point. We don't have to. People's sin cannot be the main focus of the church. But he gave us one big requirement. That requirement provides a safe place of relationship with him. Look what happens right here in John chapter 15 verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, I didn't share this first service because it it's like a lightning bolt just hit me in the brain. How has Christ loved you? Just like you are. Not making you feel bad for what you've walked in here with. Not pointing out every mistake you've made. Not pushing you down for thinking you're not good enough. He has loved you just like you are. This is the, my commandment, that you love another as I have loved you. If we're not obeying Christ's command to love one another, then we simply don't know him or we don't have much of a relationship with him at all. How about that? Look at what it says in John chapter 3. My dear children, let's just not talk about love. Let's practice real love. This is the only way we'll know we're truly living in God's reality. The sign that you are in relationship with Jesus is that you love people. Our spiritual calling is nothing less than to love and to be loved by God. Our spiritual training and growth can only happen through the context of relationship. Our spiritual connection and growth can only happen through the context of relationship. Did you hear me? Relationship. John chapter 15 again says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Now, I've kind of camped out here the last few months, even the last few years, over this word abide. Do you remember what it means? It means to live, to dwell, to filter, everything to go through it, to abide in the word, to abide in Jesus, to abide in the spirit, to abide in God, to abide in his body. It's not just the word, it's not just the spirit, it's also the body. We are to abide in the body. Who is the body? Me and you. It's not the building. It's you and me. This is the calling of God. This is not the calling of Pastor Paul for you. This is the calling of God for you. To abide. And you know what it says in Revelation? That he stands at the door and knocks. And if you'll just open the door, he'll come in. Now, if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you feel something happening to you today, I want you to know that is Jesus knocking on your door. He is ready for you. He's been ready for you forever. Forever. I don't think we can understand the concept of forever, but in his concept of forever, he's been waiting for you. You've been on his mind. His heart is there for you, and he's knocking on your door. And all you have to do is with your mouth say, Jesus, I open the door. Come in. You don't have to understand it all. 
Quit letting your head get in the way of everything. Let your heart lead you a little bit. Let your heart lead you. Open your door. You may have walked down the aisle and prayed the sinner's prayer when you were, I was five years old, but you never truly opened your heart. Would you do that now? If you're feeling something today, even if you've been saved for years, open your heart and say, Jesus, fill me. Come on back in. I believe I'm saved. I believe I was saved at five, but I feel like there's more. I just open my heart to you right now. We just sang the song. Here's my heart, Lord. We didn't sing it. We watched the, perform, the dancers perform and just fall back. Here's my heart, Lord. Right before that, one of them was picked up and just soared. Here's my heart, Lord. Can you just imagine just, just giving, giving all, all to him, all to Jesus, I surrender. Y'all know that song, right? My old school people. Let him come in. We desire at Church on the Hill for you to connect to Jesus individually. To connect to Jesus, to hear about him. To learn who he is. To make a decision to follow him and to learn how to walk with him. To learn how to follow him. To learn how to serve him. To learn how to love him. You know, so many times in church, you walk the aisle, you get saved, you get baptized, and then nothing. Nothing. No phone call, no program, no nothing. You're just on your own to help find the next step. That's not the vision of this church. This church is a place to help you connect to him and learn to walk with him. But the only way to do that is through relationship. The only way to learn that is through one another. But we also want you to learn how to connect to each other. You cannot effectively follow Christ and not connect to each other. 1 John, 1 John chapter 4 says, If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? A walk with Christ is not a walk by yourself. Those of you that have, have had some breaking in church, those of you that have fallen away from church, I want you to know that part of your walk includes church. And there is healing for you. There is restoration for you in his body. It is God's word for you to be connected to the body. And the body is incomplete without you. This body is incomplete without you. The more I go down this road of walking with Christ, the more I realize how much I need other people. And my success, I cannot have success on my own. I am called to be connected. You are called to be connected. And you know, here at church, just like probably if, you, if you're here away from your church, your home church has many ways to connect. Life groups being one. We've got different age groups, different groups with kids, without kids, older, younger, younger singles, men, women. If you, if, if you say, hey, that doesn't really fit, I want a fishing group, we'll start one. <laughs> if you want a frisbee golf group, we'll start one with you. If you want a sewing group or whatever, Pinterest group. <laughs> someone, someone would join that, wouldn't they? But there are ways to connect. We've got Sunday school. We've got ladies' lunch bunch. Who likes to eat? We've got a men's breakfast. Who likes to eat bacon? You know? But you've got to show up. 
You've got to show up. It says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 14, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Look at your neighbor. I'm supposed to love you. I don't like you very much, but I, I love you. Yeah. I don't like you right now, but I love you. It's okay if you're learning to love. It's okay. Say, Pastor, I'm not quite there yet. Well, that's okay. Are you trying? Yes. And man, I got to try a lot with that guy. I, I get it. <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll bet that person's trying a lot with you. If there's friction, I guarantee you it's on both sides of the fence. We all think it's just on our side. Man, that person, if they just get with it, I can do well with them. I guarantee you that person's thinking the same thing. Maybe even more. We are to love each other. We are to get after it. Connecting to each other. Life groups, Sunday school, so many other places to serve. I'm not focusing on serving right now. But you know what? You know what Church on the Hill is not called to do? What the vision for Church on the Hill is not? Making you connect. We can't make you. We're not called to make you. We're not going to make you. We're going to encourage and help provide a place. That's right. I don't like being made to do anything. You force me to do something, I'll go the other direction. It's just something in me. I don't understand why God put that in me, but you push me, I'm going to push back. Those of you that really are in, in close to me know you push me, it's like I come alive. Oh, you want to push? Good. Now we're, now we're playing. Now we're having fun. Wait a minute, I just knocked you down. Sorry, get back up. You want to try that again? No, but I want to. Push me. People are hard to love, but I don't like to be made. And you know what? Christ never makes us. Never. It's your choice. You've got to choose, but you have to choose. You got to do something. It's not going to drop in your lap. You got to get after it. God is not pleased except by faith, which means you've got to do something. You've got to move. You've got to try. Where do I fit? God directs your steps. He doesn't take the steps for you. You've got to walk. You still have to move. You get to choose. And I want you to know, in, in your church, if you're away from your church, and I'm, I'm going to keep referring to that because we've got visitors here, and let me tell you, God's there. But if this is your church, I want you to know there's a buffet line of way to connect, ways to connect. Buffet. And can you imagine going to Golden Corral and holding out your plate and letting their employees pick what goes on your plate? You'd have a fit. You would freak out. I'm freaking out. Do not touch my plate. Do not come anywhere near my plate. I don't want that. I want this, and I want exactly this much. But can you imagine them doing it for you? You know how it should be? It should be like my family is at LTAP when the cheese dip hits the table. Am I right? You had better get after it because you're not going to get any. <laughs> it is a feeding frenzy. Have you ever been to CC's Pizza and they're running low on pizza and they show up with another one? It's like everybody's got the radar. <laughs> Boom, there they go. And it's like, it's, it's like you've never ate before. Now I will tell you, Elizabeth and I do not eat at buffets. She can't stand buffets, but, but I'm just trying to relate, okay? 
we've got a buffet line of ways to connect. And it should be a feeding frenzy for you. A feeding frenzy, getting after it. Man, there is hope for you, but that hope comes through connection. Jesus said there's only two things you got to do, love me and love each other. You have to connect. Get after it. Where's the cheese dip? Show up to church and like, where's the cheese dip? A pastor, someone wants, uh, you go to your home church, pastor, well, the pastor just said, where's the cheese dip? Where's the cheese dip? And he'll look at you like, you're, you're a flake. <laughs> Wait a minute, no I'm not. Where's the place for me to connect? You got 50 places, okay, let me go try one. Ooh, I didn't like that. That cheese dip was a little runny. Have you ever had runny cheese dip? Until you find that one that's it. That Cherry Garcia Ben and Jerry's. Ooh. That must be the flavor of heaven. I can eat it and eat it and eat it. Now, whichever thing it is for you, I'm sorry, making everybody hungry. There is that for you somewhere, in someone, in some group, small, big, red and yellow, black and white, whatever. But you've got to get after it. Where is your connection? Connecting to Jesus. And when you connect to someone, someone that has Christ in them, you connect to hope. Why? Because Jesus is in them. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I'm going to kind of skip, skip ahead um, just because I don't quite have the time. But let me get to verse uh, 26. Colossians chapter 1, verse 26. Let's go down toward the bottom. To them, who, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, what I left out, and you need to go back and read the verses before and a little bit of the verses after, but when you connect, and it's talking about the church, he refers to the church, when you connect to each other, when you connect to the church, it says that those empty places in your life get filled up. Can't explain it. I can't explain it except to say what was empty is now full. It is Jesus himself and his relationship filling those holes, but it's also because he's called me to connect to you, you fill that hole. What happens a lot of times when I sit down with Pastor Justin or with Pastor Zach or with Michelle or with Christy is not only do I offer them hope because I have Christ in me and my hope for them is in Christ, not necessarily in them, but what God has called them to do, what they're good at, what they're powerful at, what their gifts are. Man, God's got something great for you. But as I pour that into them, they start pouring back into me. We don't even realize it, but they're pouring hope into me. That's what happens with a godly connection is you give hope and you receive hope. And I realize I can make it. I can do this. You can do it. You have hope. There is hope in you. Have you received Christ? There's not just hope for you. There's hope in you. Amen. You can't get away from it. It's in you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. You can't get away from it. Now you can turn and run the other direction and you can make some bad decisions, but when you stop and realize where you are, that hope is in you. Yes. 
Turn. You have the power. This power of sin's broken once and for all. You can come out of hell wherever you are. Stand up with me. It also showed that as we connect to the body, that it says that he gives us wisdom. Let me just show you the next scripture. Him we preach, warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom. That means that when you come and connect to the body, you are going to receive warnings and you're going to receive wisdom. How many of you know you need warnings? Have you ever come up on an exit that was closed or that was kind of jacked up? You couldn't get around, you couldn't, get, you couldn't figure it out, but you needed to slow down and praise God they gave you a warning? Road closed ahead, miles ahead. God's going to give you these road closed warnings saying, there's a problem up here. I want you to turn. But also he'll give you wisdom. Teaching every man in all wisdom. You'll have ideas at work. You'll have ideas in your marriage. And you know how normally that comes? That comes by his word or that comes by other people. So much of the wisdom that I have received from, from, from God has either been by his word or by his people. And by his spirit. But it comes so many times through people. Look what it says. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. I promise you that as you really connect to Jesus and to the body, you are going to receive hope. Hope that someone that has already been through what you've been through and has the answer for you. Hope that you can come through what you're facing. That your marriage can be saved. And not only that, be amazing. Not just that your marriage can stay together. Somehow we can just white knuckle it and get through it. No, have an amazing marriage. God created marriage to be amazing. That you can overcome. That you can overcome the financial situation you're in. Bob, show show of hands real quick. Who here has overcome a financial disaster? Look at that. Who here has overcome a, a, a failing marriage? God can overcome. God can overcome. Who has seen their kids do a 180? Who has come through an impossible situation? You saw no way out. I want you to know, church on the hill, there is hope for you. But you need to treat it like cheese dip on the, on the table. Go get it. That woman that had an issue of blood for years and years and years had to push her way through to get to Jesus. But her answer was there. You've got to push through. Now, will you or won't you? It's time to push through. There is hope for you. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, let us move by this momentum of your spirit that I feel in this place. Let us move by this this incredible feeling of hope. Lord, let us move by while you're knocking on our door. Let us open that door right now, right where you sit. You just say, Lord Jesus, I open the door to my heart. Come in. I need hope. I need mercy. I need grace. My way doesn't work. I choose you. Now, Father, as I connect to Jesus, Lord, as we connect... Help me show how, show me how to connect to people. Let me run into that person. Lord, I just pray for a miracle of connection. 
your word, your way, your kingdom is a kingdom of connection, not a kingdom of condemnation, not a kingdom of guilt, but a kingdom of connection. And in that connection is love. Help us, Lord. We just bless your name. As the Lord's stirring in your heart, we're just going to sing. Give him your heart.